Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today, we are going to talk about how to optimize experiential and child-directed learning opportunities. And my guest today is Raycon Megun. I say that right, Megan. Megan, yeah. <laughs> Megan, yes. Oh. Um, she's the co-founder and head of student experience at Boundless Life, and I'll let her explain a little bit more about that. But welcome um, to the show, and I'm glad to have you here today to talk about this. We've been kind of focusing this whole month on more child-directed, um, out of the out of the textbook 
curriculum type of learning? Because I know a lot of parents really get to that planning stage and then maybe they open up their first book and go, well, this wasn't what I expected. (laughs) Or, you know, they've been doing it for a while and they're like, there's got to be something more to this, this homeschool education. And so we're kind of diving into those topics this month. And so I'm excited to have you here because Raycon is going to take us um, a little bit um, a further step beyond what my past guests have have talked about. And we're going to talk about those experiences a little bit more. And so I'm super excited about that. As we were sharing before the show, it's something that um, that we enjoyed as a family when we homeschooled too was was those experiences. And, And I you know, recalling a lot of the things that I remember from our homeschooling years. That's what my kids talk about still now is a lot of those experiences that, that mm-hmm. they had during our home educating that weren't at the time always seemed like they were educational. Um, but, but yet they learned so much in them. So, so welcome. Um, I would just love for you to, um, to, to introduce yourself, share a little bit about you and your family, and then um, what you do um, for Boundless Life, too. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I'll, I'll introduce myself first. So my name is Reka, um, born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Um, you know, I started off my career as a auditor, actually, at KPMG. Huh. I did my CA, you know, went the more traditional route, and, um, you know, very quickly realized for myself that I just wasn't Although things were going great, I wasn't passionate about what I was doing mm. and didn't feel really fulfilled, you know, at the end of the day of a long day. And uh, when I got pregnant with um, our first child, um, you know, you start to rethink, like, you know, right. how do you want to bring up these kids? Like, what's most important to you? And, you know, I came from an environment that involves a lot of um, mindfulness, community service and travel from a very young age, kind of like was brought up in this community that we used to go to a lot of meditation retreats, we used to do a lot of community service. And I know how um, beneficial that was for me as a child growing up. Like I always felt like I had this sort of flow to my life, you know, mm-hmm. like things came very naturally, very easy to me. And I couldn't take credit because I was, you know, it wasn't something that I was born with. I really think it was something that was kind of brought, brought to me through my environment. So mm-hmm. when I was pregnant, I was very, I knew like instinctively that I wanted to give a very similar kind of lifestyle or skill set to my children. Um, so I left the corporate world. I started my first company uh, that was called the Mindful Scholar. So we built like a tech platform that brought mindfulness concepts to pu- public schools. This was before <laughs> Headspace or Calm was a common thing. And um, so that was going really well. And then when my son, um, you know, became of school age, and I sent him to kindergarten down the street, I think I just really quickly realized at that moment that, okay, uh, you know, the education system in today's world needs, you know, a lot more help than just mindfulness. At least that was my my belief, you know, Hmm. that social and emotional learning, yes, is definitely important, but there were so many things that needed changing, you know, from it was just just, felt so archaic, like they were doing the exact same things that I was doing 30 years ago. So Hmm. um, I pulled him out of school, and um, he actually became my Petri dish. So, you know, I, I bought like... <laughs> Those oldest I, kids are kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I, I bought, you know, every homeschool curriculum out there and tested them on him and tried to find our own flow and our own pattern. Um, and then when COVID hit, like this was pre-COVID. So then when okay. COVID hit, 
Um, you know, I had so many people reaching out to be like, how do you do this homeschooling? Can you please help us? So I started building some homeschool curriculum. I helped launch a learning center here in Montreal for homeschoolers. And then um, I started Boundless Life. So my, my now business partner reached out to me and he's like, hey, I have this idea. And, you know, I think you are already living this lifestyle. Um, <laughs> why, don't, why don't we do this together? So Boundless Life, I'm... Um, head of education at Boundless Life. I'm, I'm a co-founder. And basically what we do is we've developed this complete living abroad experience for families that really has education and community at the core. So hmm. what we provide is a turnkey solution for families to live in any of the destinations that we've already launched in. So we provide a fully furnished apartment that's kind of uh, redesigned for kids and, you know, that's yeah. more kid friendly. It's kind of hard sometimes. <laughs> it is. Yeah. You know, those, all those Airbnbs are not always, you know, exactly no. what you need for your, especially when, and we're, we're our cohorts are three months long. So you're not just right. there for like a week or a 10 day stint. So putting a child on a couch for you. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't easy. work. You, yeah. You really need like the setup to make mm -hmm. it, um, you know, conducive for staying there for a long period. So Right. We provide fully furnished apartments, uh, a co-working space, which we call the hub, which is where a lot of our, our families who stay with us, many of them work remotely, right, to be able to live right. this lifestyle. So we have our own co-working spaces. And then um, we build, uh, we call it an education center because we're it's not a school. We're not building a school in Portugal, Greece, or Italy, you know, and following mm -hmm. the local education laws and requirements. We really call it an education center. Um, so in each of our locations, we basically have like a whole learning center for children to attend. Um, our education, so Boundless Education, revolves around uh, the Finnish education, actually. So um, as I'm sure you know, being you know, right. a homeschool mom, Finland has always been very progressive in their approach to, to learning, very uh, child-directed, very right. experiential um, and we wanted to really kind of model our education on something that's been tried and tested as well, right? It's one thing to right. use your own kids as a Petri dish, but then right. when you're building something <laughs> for the masses, uh, you, I knew, you know, that they would want something that's more credible and tested. Right. So to me, the finished model was really something that um, I was kind of already doing the things that I believed in, right? And had the numbers and the data to back it up. So we right. partnered with a Finnish school development company. So we use as the base of our curriculum, it's called the Nordic Baccalaureate and um, very much revolves around experiential learning, child-led personalization, uh, nature immersion. We have a deep emphasis on culture immersion um, and then also community, really bringing the community into the classroom directly. So yeah, yeah, that's boundless. We now have four locations up and running. So families can stay with us in either Portugal, Greece, Italy, or Bali. Awesome. Well, yeah. That yeah, it just makes a lot of sense because I because you're pulling in so many different types of families to have one core to to kind of center around and um, and to build off of and and that seems to be a, a worldwide accepted model that yeah. um, instead of going with more like a classical education where some people are just they're. <laughs> 
there's some people that are like, yes, that's what I want. And other, and people like me are like, no, yeah, <laughs> not exactly. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> so just strong feelings. And, and yeah. I don't think anybody really has strong feelings about that just because it, it is so child centered. And I know that's what we're going to um, be focusing on, but we were even talking about this ahead of the show. Each child is so different mm. that when you focus on the child as the conduit for the education, it can go in some great many different directions and places. Um, but what's nice is, though, is you can take some of these things like you were talking about, that that nature, that community, that culture, um, and you can use that to bring that out more instead of trying to, as one of my guests, I think it was on our show last week, she said, I found that I was fighting so hard to try to make my child into someone I wanted them to be versus letting them be who they already were. Mm. And I thought that was really profound that we had to, you know, we really have to switch that. And, and by bringing our children out of the environment that we so nicely set up, like our own homes, <laughs> we can, we can often find those, those things about them um, in a much more free play type of way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on that as well, what always boggled my mind, actually, when I had our, our second child, right, mm -hmm. is like you said, is that, I mean, two, any parent that has two kids, I find <laughs> can appreciate this even more, right? Because in any household, two children are brought up with the same environment, the same conditions, the same everything, yet they end up being so different, right? right. There's complete, like, even within the same house, those yeah. two children without a fail, are completely different. So I've never understood why does a traditional education system teach every kid the exact same way? You know, right. if we know that within the same house, two kids are not the same, how can we not be personalizing education? Why are all kids restricted to, you know, whatever year you were born in, you're going to stick with that group of kids for the next 18 years of your life and mm -hmm. be taught in one certain way? Like it just in instinctively doesn't didn't sit right with me right it didn't make sense so you know I think yeah I couldn't agree yeah. more with you on how you know we really need to 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 follow the child and direct them in a way that resonates with who they are rather than what we want them to be absolutely after a word from our sponsor we'll dive back into this conversation is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. 
Go to SpedHomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. So when you started then um, working this new model, um, were your, was your family one of the first to then go? And how did that, that transition um, happen for your family? Was it an easy one? Was it hard? Um, what, what kind of things did you guys learn along the way? Yeah. Um, yeah. Our, my family, we were definitely part of the, the group. We have been. We launched 18 months ago. And yeah, my husband and my kids were by my side. We went to Portugal, literally, like I went a month, like two weeks early, and then they came after and they were there when we started. And my kids have been, they're now 11 and nine, but they've been uh, through every boundless cohort, every location, every destination. Uh, they're, they're part of it. And honestly, it's been beautiful. Like to me, it's huh. been, it's been nothing but literally extraordinary because um, first of all, as a family, we're kind of experiencing this together as a unit, right. like whether it's my family or any other family, like it's really powerful to, to step out of your comfort zone, right. Mm-hmm. And to, to go to this new place, to this new country. And when we go, like I mentioned, we're not there for vacation. We're, we're li- going right. there to live like mm-hmm. a local, you know, and even when we choose our boundless destinations, we choose them purposely not to be like, um, you know, a tourist haven. Like we, yeah. we find these really quaint, um, hidden gems that not too many people know of. And when you get there as a family, you're really living like a local. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy groceries. You're, you know, you're like yes. going to the local doctor. You're finding the local playgrounds. And that experience of, um, it's almost like you're learning and growing together with your children, mm-hmm. right? Because now I'm not in my comfort zone. I'm not in Montreal <laughs> where I was born and raised and I know every street and every, you know, where to get everything. I don't know anything myself as a mom. Right. Neither does my husband, neither do, do our kids. Mm-hmm. And all four of us are now having these shared new experiences together right. and growing and learning along each, each other. And to me, it's been such a powerful um experience for our family you know like Mm. we've grown so much but we've grown so much together if that makes sense you know because we're we're having this experience together so it's been uh it's been incredible and for me like I I find it so valuable to have my kids in our education centers because they're our number one you know like feedback loop like every day I have these two you know like secret agents going in and like (laughs) You know, telling me what's working and telling me what's not working and what's keeping them engaged and what was a flop and, you know, which field trip was amazing and which one we should never do again. Like, so to me, it's like so valuable to have them there because they're not going to sugarcoat anything, you know, they're going to Oh yeah, they don't for their parents, no. Yeah, they don't. They they tell you it like it is and it's, it's amazing because for us, it's been a way to just you know, pivot and improve and like change things up so quickly, so fast. So it's been really nice, honestly, to have this experience as a family. Um, It's really brought us uh, so much closer than I would have ever imagined. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. So what, what has been one of the the most impactful things that your family has learned or one, one like experience that is kind of like over the top, um, a highlight for all of you? Let's see. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I would definitely say like discovery, you know, like if we're going, like I remember once we went on this 
hike with the boundless community and we went to you know the, the, our, our our the guy who was taking us on the hike took us down this huge kind of cliff and oh, wow. really you know very <laughs> difficult down the coastlines up and down and really like an extensive experience and then mm-hmm. to kind of reach this like this summit point where you see like you know this just drop gorgeous view of the ocean and you know the sun setting and like I think those moments of like struggle where like all four of us like you know we're huffing and puffing we've no idea where we are we have no idea what we're going to we don't even know what we're trekking towards right (laughs) and then that that kind of um jaw dropping moment where like you just experience something that you or see something that you didn't even know existed in the world you weren't, you know, you, it's just, it's so humbling and yeah. so grounding because it makes you realize how small you are in mm. this world, you know, yeah. and to like all four of us of all different ages to kind of feel that same experience at the same time was just so humbling. And it's like, wow, like there's so much more to right. the world that we, we need, that we don't know of, you know? I would right. say as a, as a unit, I would say the experiences like that, which happen honestly mm-hmm. every week when you're in a boundless location, because you're always going somewhere you've never been before and, you know, really kind of just learning. But right. I would also add to that experience, like my son, who's now 11, when we launched, like for the last 18 months, he's a big soccer, soccer fan, big soccer mm-hmm. player. So um, he's now played on the local league, like with the local Portuguese kids, the local Greek kids, the local Italian kids. And even as a family to like go watch him practice or his games where he's like the only kid that speaks English amongst this group of like boys, you know, who only speak the local language. And to see like a twofold, to see how adaptable he is and how he can just like Mm. jump in and like still create these like deep bonds with his uh, playmates, even though they don't speak the same language for me. And all of us has been like just shocking. It's like, wow, we <laughs> limit ourselves, I think, sometimes to, right. you know, people that are like us or, you know, people who speak the same language or from the same town or like the same things. But ultimately, and, and I learned that from kids is that kids, if they're not programmed, you know, like <laughs> by the adults, right, like, they can see commonality between each other way more than adults can like to the beyond yeah. language you know and beyond skin color and beyond mm-hmm. like culture they can really find ways to bond deeply and for me I just think it's such a powerful lesson for all of us to learn that you know we are actually more alike than we are different and Absolutely. I think sometimes you need to get out of the house and out of your comfort zone to really see that or experience it. Yeah. Yeah. How, how have you confronted maybe some of those things that, that were ingrained in you um, that you didn't even know were um, as, as your family kind of got into these experiences and and you realized, Oh, I got to either keep my mouth shut or just allow this to happen. Um, You have any tips for our parents? Cause I know in our community, there's, there's a lot of boundaries up Mm. for kids that have disabilities, uh, maybe some social anxieties and, we want to kind of protect them, yet mm. sometimes we can get in the way of those types of experiences like you're talking about happening because of that protection mode that we go into mm. or those preconceived notions of what is going to happen. Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's the premise of like almost the whole parenting paradigm, right? Is that <laughs> balance between, or not the balance, but like catching ourselves when we're in a fear, fear yeah. mindset versus like a trusting or love mindset. I mean, I, that creeps up for me all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. whether it's, it's at home or at boundless or when we're traveling, like, so I've really had to, I think the first step is to become aware, right? That, okay, right now I'm yeah. operating from a state of fear, right? Like mm-hmm. this, I'm not trusting in the moment. I'm not like leaving it up to, to let things flow. I'm operating from fear and therefore I have my walls up and I'm kind of, and I think the minute we start operating in fear, which is, it's all, like all the time. It can yeah. really be conscious <laughs> of it. Um, but it, it also, like, I, in my own experience, I've seen how that, like, immediately cuts, like, the the opportunity for flow and the opportunity for the, like, all these transformative moments that I, at least I've experienced in my own life right. have been when I'm in a state of, like, trusting, trust, like, just trusting the universe or trusting, like, that everything is happening the way it's meant to happen, even if it's not how I expect it to happen. And I, for me, I think it's so powerful to be aware what mindset we're coming from and to catch ourselves the minute we we see ourselves being in a fear state. Like, like I mean, more relevant to what I'm going through right now, like we're actually home. This is the first cohort that we're not, you know, in a boundless location and my kids are not at a boundless education center. Um, and I catch myself, not catch myself, I'm constantly now in a fear of, in a state of like, oh my God, like I can't homeschool anymore because I'm, I'm actually running this company and I'm busy like all day long. But, and, and now that like, I'm in a constant state of fear because I'm like, oh my God, like I don't have my amazing homeschool schedule that I used to have back in the day <laughs> and my kids are not at a boundless education center. And like how are like, they're going to fall behind or they're going to like, you know, there's all this, like this roommate in my mind that's like constantly like talking out of fear and right. it's funny, like, as you were talking, I just recognized that in myself. I'm like, okay, like, they're actually super bright, super, like, self-directed kids. Like, mm-hmm. even if they're not at a learning center or I'm not, you know, hour by hour planning out their day, they're going to be just fine. They're going right. to, like, figure this out and they're they're going to be just fine. But it's really, like, a constant moment by moment really requirement mm-hmm. you know to catch yourself so honestly thank you because you just reminded me <laughs> that it's not a big deal you know they're not doing right these, you know all these but, crazy amazing activities at the moment yeah but that fear does creep in because I think when we have in our mind and I think we're just told you know this that they have to be doing something they have to be you know constantly challenged in order to be learning mm-hmm. but our kids are surrounded by opportunities for learning. And, um, and I think we, we forget that because we're so busy on the programming side versus Mm. just the immersion side. Mm. Um, And, and kids when they are taught how to learn, will learn whether we're teaching them or not. And, Mm. you know, so I just want to reassure you, you've put your kids in these places and they now know how to learn and interact and all these other things. So bringing them back home, they're still going to be learning. They're just going to be reorienting back. You know, that's that's a whole learning process in itself. When you come back home from a trip or vacation, how do I how do I take the things that I've learned and resynthesize them back into 
the learning or the living that I did here. And I, mm. I found that was the same with our kids. We come back and, and I love extended trips. Well, so we've lived in our RV twice and, you know, just kind of reestablishing that, that whole reestablishment phase was, was new because sometimes things that we had at the other house or, you know, before our vacation just never came back because mm. they were replaced. You know, our kids mm. just said, you know, I think I found a better way. Um, mm. So, so yeah. So just being encouraged in that. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about those, those foundational pillars that you were talking about, about the nature, um, the culture, and as well as community. And if you could expound in each of those areas on just what importance each of those can play and how we as homeschooling parents can accentuate those different areas wherever we're at to make them a more impactful um, just driver in our child's learning experiences. Sure. So I'll, I'll kind of walk you through what a schedule looks like at a boundless education center. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, we start off with something called connection time. So connection time is a short, like 15 minute period where um, the educators are really working on character building and mindfulness and group interaction and, you know, confidence and kind of these like is, is helping instill these more 21st century skills and bringing the group, not only the group together, but each individual child more connected to themselves as well. Um, so to me, like, especially my background and my first company, to me, that's the most important, right? Because social and emotional regulation, really helping kids um, self-regulate and under empowering them to, to know how and when, when they're like, you know, amygdala is activated and when they're in fight or flight mode and how to take charge and, you know, you know, turning that amygdala off and really getting to that emotional regulate regulation state I think is so important so that's a very kind of short period that we kind of focus on that and then the kids go into like a mastery time so that's where we really emphasize the concept of personalization right so you know we have mixed age groups at Boundless so there's between you know three years between each class and the kids are really working um, at their own pace right so like they're doing their own math they're doing their own English based on where they're at individually and, and that I think is to me, the future of education, like any, like we've already talked about that, but not only kids, like every person is different, right? So they should right. be moving at their own pace and really being taught individually. So we do we use like different tools, online tools to help assess where a kid is at, meet mm -hmm. them there and then help show progression based on where they're at. Um, and then we go into something called quest time. So this is something that I think that's also very applicable to homeschool, homeschool families where quest time what we're doing is having children work on a project-based unit. So every cohort, let's say it's a, a three-month cohort, all of our kids at all the destinations are working on the same quest, okay? So huh. each cohort for us, we follow one UN Sustainable Development Goal. And all locations are working on that SDG at the same time. And the whole purpose there is, okay, it's important to learn your math or your English, right, during mastery time. But to me, what makes learning more engaging to children is when you add purpose to that learning or you add relevancy, right? So the concept with our quest is that they're now applying whatever they learned in mastery time to a real world problem, right? So 
what what are these SDGs? What are what is the world in need of? And let us as a group focus on helping work towards actioning, you know, a change in this particular area. So like, let's say last cohort, they worked on um, world hunger, right? And so they would, as a group, all locations were working on the concept of world hunger. But even when that, like, you kind of introduce the concept, what is the world struggling with? And then each kids go into different groups, and they can work on a specific project that they're passionate about themselves, hmm. that will help contribute towards world hunger, right? So it's still giving them that freedom, that child directed learning approach that places the learning learner at the center. But collectively, the whole group is working on a real world problem that can actually have an impact. And I, I think mm-hmm. that is most crucial, right? Because no one wants, no one, adult or child, wants to work on something that they see no meaning to, right? So right. if you could add, exactly. yeah. yeah, if you give them meaning and you give them purposefulness and you make mm-hmm. them feel like, hey, you're working on something that actually can change the world, their engagement level sky, right? Like they, they, they care to really devote themselves to this project and be actively engaged with their environment, ask questions and learn yeah. through these experiences. So that's kind of how a morning will kind of fall out every day at a balanced education center. And then the afternoons are divided into, like you said, like nature-based learning. So we will you know, take the kids out um, into the forest or to the beach or whatever the local environment is. Uh, based mm-hmm. on what country we're in, and they'll either learn about, you know, different foliage or different climates or different temperatures or really kind of become one with the nature uh, around them or the local environment. Um, and then because we're in so many cool countries around the world, uh, we, we do a big emphasis on the local culture. So they're either learning the mm-hmm. local dance or local songs or the local language is a third language. Um, the history of the place that they're in, you know, Um, maybe doing a Portuguese cooking lesson or a Greek cooking (laughs) lesson and really diving into the local culture. Um, And then we we follow a a 10-day schedule. So every second Friday, the kids are out on a field trip. So based on whatever um, quest project they're working on or culture time project, they will go outside of the education center and will go experience something, you know, in real life experience based mm-hmm. on what they've kind of talked about at the education center. So, and then we also have another two, two other aspects that we do. We do something called boundless time, which is like a personal project, you know, that a kid will work on based on anything that they are passionate about themselves. Uh, that's also modeled on like the Google's um, kind of, you, you know, Google time where they, they ensure that a certain percentage of a employee's day is dedicated towards something they're passionate about. And then the last element we do, which is also super cool, is called Endeavor Time. So because we have these amazing families coming to stay with us from around the world, everyone has something interesting to offer, right? So I've also always questioned, you know, being a homeschool mom, is why do we restrict um, education uh, or learning to just teachers, right? There's so many other people in the world (laughs) who can help kids be inspired and learn. And I don't know why it's always just restricted to a teacher. So we really leverage the community of parents that are staying with them and encourage them to take over like an endeavor time, which is just an hour a week and right. have them share about something that they're passionate about or what they, where they shine in their zone of genius. Because to me, all it takes is like somebody to talk about something super passionately 
Right. And then that will ignite, you know, a spark or a flame in a kid. And that's all they need is they just need that little spark or that exposure to something. So mm-hmm. overall, that's kind of the pillar of, of all the pillars of boundless education and how yeah. it steeps into a normal day. So for parents who maybe have jobs that are location-based, or maybe they have a child who has extreme medical needs and, you know, travel is just kind of out of the question, how can they take a lot of the things that you do like at your locations and apply some of those concepts into their home education. Maybe they're sitting here saying, I'd really love to do that. I'd love, you know, to, to build some of that into um, either, you know, once a week or, or maybe change things up completely. Um, what ideas do you have for them to start, you know, looking like where they're at and yeah. being able to do those types of things from, from their, their space? Absolutely. I would, I would, I would say like, just start by fostering like, you know, a a rich and learning environment at home, you know, and like setting up areas like for a kid to be excited to read. Like we have a reading nook at home, like anywhere we go, wherever we are, always make sure that, you know, we set up a cute, cozy reading nook with lights to just like encourage and foster them to grab a book without you needing to tell them again, you know, without saying, okay, now it's reading time. You have to go to the parlor. But I think the more, um, thoughtfully and mindfully that you set up different areas in within your own home right. naturally help kids gravitate towards that. Hmm. Um, I would also just encourage curiosity generally. Like, you know, we used to have oh, yeah. um, just like a question wall, you know, and like with a one, one, one column for my son and one column for my daughter with like post-its and like anytime like a question came to their head and maybe I'm busy or my husband's busy. We don't have, you don't always have That's time. That's a great to like idea. <laughs> answer. Yeah. They yeah. would take a post-it and they would write the question and put it on the question board, you know? And then as a family, when we had time, we would sit down and, you know, collectively go through the questions and try to find answers to them, you know? And I think just yeah. little things like that really encourage children to stay curious and that, Hey, I might not be able to find the answer to this question right now, but my question is important. My curiosity is important. My parents care. And I'm going to make sure like I write that down. And eventually when they have the time, we're going to get back together and we're going to, we're going to look through it, you know? So I think encouraging curiosity within the home environment is so important and really allowing children like the freedom to explore their interests, right? Like you you mentioned when we first connected as well, like, giving them that safe space to say, Hey, I'm curious. And like, I'm curious to know what, like if I could take voice lessons or I'm curious to, I want to learn about world war two. Like how do I, you know, get, get on out school, find some classes, like right. let them know that whatever they're interested in is, and is not stupid, you know? And like, right. we're, we're going to, we can, even though it's not conventional, we're yeah. going to find a way to like, you know, get you to, to try that out or explore it mm-hmm. and, and, and see whether you like it or not. Cause I also think even as an adult, I think it's so important to, to learn what you don't like, you yes, know, like absolutely. everyone, sometimes <laughs> we're so focused on figuring out what we do. Like, what am I passionate about? Oh, what do I like? Yeah. like? I remember spending so many years trying to figure out what is it I'm passionate about, but I didn't realize that all that time where I was figuring out what I'm not passionate about and what I don't like is just as valuable because then it makes me 10 times more confident to, you know, go full force ahead with the things that do light me up or do spark me up. So I think that as well is just so important to just let your kids experiment, let them try out things, um, Mm -hmm. give and and give them the freedom so that they're not always being micromanaged, you know, and you're more of a facilitator or a guide rather than a, 
this is your schedule, do this, like, you know, and again, like I'm, I'm, I think I'm talking to myself here as well, <laughs> reminding myself, you know, not to, to, to get stuck in those fear-based um, concepts. But yeah, right. I think really catching yourself and just reminding yourself that, you know, the kid, and kids are so smart. Like I can tell my daughter's never even been to school, like not once. And she's mm-hmm. honestly already correcting my English, correcting my <laughs> writing. Like she's like, Mama, like, that's not how you say it. I'm like, how do you know this? You know, right? <laughs> you know, I didn't teach you this. You haven't gone to school. Like how, like, and for me, it's been such a powerful lesson because it's like kids are innately knowledgeable. Like they, you just have to trust the pro again. You, it all comes mm-hmm. down to trust. You have to trust the process. So yeah. I don't think parents have to like, yeah, many families can't travel the world and that's totally okay. But you can recreate a similar concept within your own home. And even when we were homeschooling, it's funny, like, I, everyone was like, oh, my God, you're homeschool. I'm like, actually, no, I'm a van schooler because I felt like I was actually <laughs> just, like, driving my kids to, like, different experiences, you know, like, whether right. it was forest school or skating lessons or jujitsu or, like, you know, play dates or, I don't know, 3D printer. Like, I was always taking them somewhere right. to, like, have this experience. So I think even within the walls of your own community and your local environment, like right. you can give your children those experiential learning experiences within your own backyard. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't restrict parents either to feeling like, Oh, I can't do this. If I'm home, you can, you just have to like create it. It takes time. It's not easy. You know, I also have a right. huge, um, a lot of empathy for like how much effort and, and timing <laughs> it takes, but the rewards are, I think like just exponentially higher so I would just encourage everyone that even though it takes a lot of planning and a lot of effort, like stick with it because I mean, you have kids that are older and already kind of gone through it all, but I see it just in my little kids, you know, how right. much they've grown and expanded and um, mm-hmm. yeah, not a regret in my, in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's better that they fail at home, you know, in trying out those things and saying, Ooh, I don't like that. Um, and I always, you know, I don't commit myself or my children to anything too long when they don't Mm. know whether they like it or not. Um, I found that out very early on because, uh, you know, telling them what we paid for the whole, you know, the whole semester, you got to go. That instead of saying, let's try a class, you know, Mm. and, and see, or if they don't let you try a class, at least let's sit and watch a class um, and ask an instructor if you can do that. Um, So they know what they're getting into ahead of Mm. time and say, yes, no, you know, I think I can commit to that. because I found that it's, I'd rather they, they fail, find out those things at home, like you were talking about, um, then, you know, they graduate and now, now I don't know what I like to do, what I don't like to do. People have been telling me all my life what I have to do. Mm. And now I'm not told by anybody what I need to do. And that's a bad place to leave any, anybody. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So just giving them those choices, those experiences, that's, um, it's, it's good. Um, but you know, it comes, when it comes to community, a lot of the kids in, in our, our community have a lot of social anxieties and Deb, um, just posted a question and we can kind of skirt on this. I, I know I, um, it, it may not be your realm of expertise, but she, she has a, um, she's asking what's the best way to help, 
um, her move from fear to trusting. I'm trying to get my grandson to participate in uh, cognitive delay community activity. Um, right now, he wants me to stay with him instead of experiencing the group and growing in independence. And maybe you've seen this with other families like in your um, your cohorts where they have a child that just doesn't want to be left. Um, yeah. Do you have any advice on yeah. just how to, to maybe go about that? Yeah, absolutely. So what we do like in a boundless location especially with the younger ones, or I think if anyone who has like fear of, of leaving, uh, mm-hmm. we do like a transitional integration, right? So um, let's say we have full day schedules, but the exploration kids for the first three days of the cohort, you know, they're not staying all day. They're only staying for the first three hours, you know, and then the parents come pick them up early or, you know, we do during those kind of first three, four days, we give the flexibility of, parents staying or being picked up, you know, at earlier times so that they're transitioning into this new experience, um, you know, more softly than very kind of an abrupt leaving them. Right. Um, I think I would do a similar approach, you know, as the first, yeah, if, 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 if he's, you know, reluctant to attend, to, to attend with him for the first few sessions. I've done that many times with my own kids even, you know, my son is, is more a go-getter and doesn't need us. But like my daughter's, you know, she's the opposite. Like she's super smart and intelligent but when it comes to social settings like she's she wants me there you know like she'll she's scared to be left alone so I I I foster that it's like okay that's fair right like just how Mm -hmm. we 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 follow our own children direction so I will stay with her for the first you know one two or three sessions but I'll also like I'm big on awareness right and talking talking the child through the experience so okay like you know how are you feeling what are you nervous about like how did you feel today with me there? Now imagine next week I wasn't there or I left. Like, you know that I'm going to come back, right? Like I will be back within the hour to pick you up and kind of just talking it through, I find is so important because it's yeah. all, at least I don't know what the way my generation was raised, or at least I was like, sometimes just like, no, this is what you do. And that's it. Like I'm leaving and I'll be back. In an right. hour and that's it. And, and it's, kids just need communication, right? They just Mm -hmm. need to hear. It's like you name it to tame it, right? Like that's a big, big, big philosophy when it comes to like brain science is that like kids are good. We all have emotions, whether we want to (laughs) accept it or not. Like I'm I'm a grown woman. I still feel fear. I still feel anger. I still feel frustration. And, you know, even for myself, like I need to name what I'm feeling. I need to be aware of it. I need to name it. And then once you name it, it's like magically it gets tamed. And that's why they say name it to tame it. And it, I really experienced that at least with my own kids, you know, that right. if I can help them put words to what they're feeling or help right. them learn that I need to put words to what I'm feeling. And now they can articulate what they feel. And just by articulating often, and not always, every child is mm-hmm. different, but I think often that really helps them process the emotion and, you know, they're more able to, to, you know, get over it quicker. Right. And a lot of times they don't even realize what the fear is until they name it. And then they're like, oh, that's what I'm kind of going through. And then you can help, you know, as as the parent facilitate, well, is that fear really genuine? Um, Is that something that really would happen there? And if that did happen, what can you do within that situation and really find those solutions before that even happens? So then they've got a plan you know, in place too. And I know Deb, um, your grandson, I think is a little bit older. She's um, asked questions before on the show. Um, So being in those, those teen years, 
you know, he can talk through a lot of these things and, and really maybe it's just a, a matter of, you know, sitting down and saying, well, what is generating this anxiety? What is generating this fear? Why, why is my presence helping you and what would happen if I left? Um, and, and uh, yeah, we just, we do have to talk through it and, mm-hmm. and be reassured that it's going to be okay. Cause yeah, there, there's going to be times. And I, I know, you know, there's, there's times where too, you're going to have to say, you know, I've got to be somewhere right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I just need to, to be gone. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's okay. And let's just, you know, like that you were talking about too, um, was, you know, that, that slow progression out of that, that yeah. circumstance. And, yeah. and I would also add, like, even if, if he's older, you know, in a high school or, or teenager years, I think even then, like sometimes they need like the very basic conversations. Like, like I said, yeah. like name entertainment is a term we use for young kids, but I, it's powerful for me. You know, it's powerful for a teenager. Like I think sometimes it's just going back to the basics and also mm-hmm. acknowledging, like, I don't want to make a, a, a general generalization, but I do, at least in my own home, I can say that, you know, girls have a much easier time expressing how they feel Whereas sometimes boys need more pushing. Like I know my son, like I, he won't talk about how he feels. Like, whereas I have to really like, even now, like it's, it's an, like I can yeah. imagine if you're a teenage kid, like it takes even more effort, you know? And um, I think just being aware of that and then, and going down to the basics, you know, and really right. like, it's funny, like I used to, my kids used to watch um, Daniel Tiger's neighborhood when they were really small, or I even remember them getting, watching like Mr. Rogers neighborhood and, you know, like I still use some of those terms on them now, even though my son's <laughs> 11 or, you know, my daughter's nine. It's like, hey, like, you know, like, you know, I remember they had this song that was like, grown ups come back, you know, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's such a simple song, but it's like, hey, like, don't worry, a grow- I'm a grown up and I will come back. Like I'm dropping you off, but you know, I know you might have a fear that I might never come back or not, something might happen, but I will yeah. come back. You have to remember that I will come back. So I think just also just sticking to the basics, you know, even though sometimes right. it feels stupid when you're talking to a grown man or a teenager, but, um, to really stick to the basics helps. Yeah. She said he's 16. So, (laughs) and, and I agree. I, we all, the base level as those fears that anxiety rises and our like thinking goes out the window, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's just like all common sense, just no, (laughs) not there. Yes. So, so yeah, it just really doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So one, one last thing I want, want to touch on is this multi-age learning. Um, Since I know you do that at your centers and so many homeschool families teach such a range of kids. And that's a question that we get all the time is how do I teach all these different people, you know, at different levels and keep my sanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I personally, I think multi-age is so much more beneficial than the traditional system. I really do. Like I see it in action now at all of our locations and all of our classes. Like I think it really, first off, it eliminates com- competitiveness because I think when you're bulked into a group of kids that are the exact same age of you as you, you automatically assume or it's inherently implied that I we're all have to be at the exact same level. Like yeah, I should be I true. should be performing mm-hmm. exactly how everyone else in this room is performing because we're all born the same year and we should all be the exact same. Right. right. And again, we know that is far from reality, right? Nobody is yeah. the exact same. So the minute you now add in kids of a different age into that dynamic, it's like that 
competition angle is eliminated out of the room because huh. all of a sudden, yeah. like, oh, well, that kid's older than me, two years older than me. That kid is one year younger than me. It's like, and we're all at these kind of different phases. And that's cool because now I'm not like expected to perform a right. certain way based on everyone who's surround, surrounded by. So I think it's like a, a it, it takes away from that pressure cooker kind of meant like, energy that could happen in the classroom. Um, and I, I think it's also really powerful because now you have this sense of like big brother, younger brother, you know, where like the older ones end up being these mentors to the younger ones and they get to help the younger ones mm-hmm. with questions. And they like, they're all of a sudden now developing these leadership skills and this like yeah. confidence because now not only do they understand, they have to lo- learn their topic, but they know that like, there's going to be a period where someone's going to ask them how to do this. And right. they have to, and when you have to re-explain something to somebody else, that sits in your brain in a completely different way. You're now yeah. become, you become the teacher of that subject. And that's when you really mastered a concept, you know? So yeah. I think the benefits highly outweigh the, the negatives. It is tricky, obviously for the facilitator or the guide mm-hmm. to be able to meet like each kid where they're at. And I think now with technology though, like, there's so many amazing tools that allow kids to work at their own pace and at their own yeah. level. And they're, therefore, the facilitator is really just facilitating right. you know, each kid where they're at. So I personally think multi-age is, is incredible. Um, I also love the, the dynamic of community that it brings to, to an organization, like at least at our boundless locations, like our micro schools or learning centers are so small, like they never have more than 60 kids. And they range from, you know, ages one to 12. And it's incredible to see how that dynamic of kids, how quickly they form bonds, and how quickly Uh, kids of different ages form bonds. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, like my son, I remember like, in our last cohort in Portugal, like his best friend was a two year old, you know, and he like, proudly was like, you know, this little guy is my BFF. And he had like other boys his age who they totally got along with. But like the bond that he formed with this two-year-old was so precious and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's like that in all ages and all, like there's really this beautiful dynamic of community and almost becoming like this big family within right. the learning yeah. environment mm-hmm. that I think um, exponentially helps a child grow because you're not you've taken away that competitive angle of like having to outperform my peers. And now you're like adding in this element of family and like co-learning and helping one, one each other out and really stepping up to being the older one or the younger one and kind mm-hmm. of falling into these varying different roles. I right. think it it, 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 it grows an individual so much. Yeah. And I, I think it's good, good for you to emphasize too, that the older children are not losing out because the younger children are learning maybe at a slower pace. They, they do, they have to change that mode to that more teaching, that more helping in the facilitating and it's, it's accentuating their learning, not taking it back. And I know a lot of our families, especially that have kids who have learning challenges or maybe more severe um, disabilities, they kind of, kind of in the back of the head, their heads, they're like, well, but isn't my child that has a disability slowing the rest of my kids down or taking away experiences? And I think you have to, to change it. Um, like um, Reka was just talking about is just that there's learning in that experience. 
and Absolutely. and and we can't we can't just say it's not not a a good learning environment just because it's not maybe in our mind how we picture the best mm-hmm. learning environment for for a child you know it's it's our ideal you know we have to take that ideal out of there I agree fully. Yeah. It like, you don't even realize what they end up learning, but they're learning so much more, you know, they're growing as individuals. They're learning how to deal with tricky situations, how to be adaptable, how to be agile. And to mm-hmm. me, those are the things that are most important, right? right. To deal with like a challenging situation and a situation that is not going as planned. To me, that is really what's going to build the future leaders of the world, right? Because they're now adaptable and they're able to deal with these different situations and, you know, know how to go with the flow or step up when needed or help in a Mm -hmm. different way. And I think that's even more beneficial personally than making sure you finished, you know, that particular lesson plan or whatever. Yeah, that's that's just good words to to (laughs) for everyone in our audience to hear because there are so many days that things just don't go as planned (laughs) (laughs) and that's okay (laughs) so so can you share um one last just really fun story um of your family and your travels that um that kind of just sticks out yeah um yeah i can think of like when we were in greece around this time last year we, we lived at our Greece location for three months. And, uh, it, you know, Greece was, was beautiful. We were on this like tiny mm-hmm. Island called Cidos, you know, and very, um, authentic families, like, you know, old grandmas, old grandpas all, yeah. all over the place, like really authentic Greek feel. And, uh, my son, he found this, like, there's this little like street cart venue that sold like souvlakis and we're vegetarian. And she, this lady, mm-hmm her grand, Greek grandmother found a way to make like veggie meat, like from scratch. And wow. it was like the tastiest Savlakis we've ever had. So my son literally like every day before <laughs> soccer, he would go and like get his Savlaki and like was so in love with the culinary experience of, of Greece. <laughs> and so around October came around and it was Christmas, it was Halloween time. I was really busy like whatever with work and stuff. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize that like, Oh, everyone in our community was planning to dress up for Halloween. I thought we we're in Greece. No one celebrates Halloween here. You know, right. I, don't, I don't need to worry about my, finding my kids Halloween costumes. And here comes like Halloween. And it's like the day of, and I didn't even realize like my whole team was making this huge like celebration at the hub, right. For Halloween. And I'm the only person who has like no costumes or anything planned for my kids. So it was so funny. So I ran to like the dollar store with my kids and we're like looking, we're, and my son was determined. He's like, I want to be a Savlaki for Halloween. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> like he was just dead serious on being a Savlaki because he was so in love with the Greek culture and this Greek food that he would eat every single day. So honestly, it was the funniest and most like random experience ever. <laughs> Within like 20 minutes, we found like all the, like we used, you know, like a green mop for like lettuce and we oh, use like a table mat for like tomato pieces and cut in half and we dressed him up as this Greek Savlaki. And here he was like walking around the Greek <laughs> island with all his buddies like dressed up <laughs> as a Greek Savlaki, carrying like a Greek flag. And it's oh. just, it was like to me and, and like I was like trying to convince him out of it because I'm like, this sounds so confusing. How am I going to do this? Right. Yeah. But, like I think to me that was, so cool looking back now I look at the pictures and like we laugh our heads off but like (laughs) that to me is like culture immersion right where a kid from like Canada Mm -hmm. 
you know, is so like taken aback by this Greek culture and the people right. who are making the food mm. and what it tastes like and how amazing it tastes that he wants to literally like, you know, before this, it was, you want to dress up as messy or as like a superhero or whatever, like these people that are so far removed for him, but right. having living in this country now for, it was only a month and a half at that point, oh, but wow. his appreciation for the local culture and the local food was right. so deep within him that like, <laughs> Forget the superheroes, forget Lionel Messi. I want to be a Greek Slovaki, you know? And I think to yeah. me, that's culture immersion and it's best, Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a great that's, story. Yes. Yeah, and you. one of those that your family will laugh at for years and years and years to come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, before we go, I'd love for you to talk just a little bit about your website, Boundless Life, and what you offer to homeschool families, and so that our families that might be interested in connecting with you can find out more. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you guys are interested, you can visit our website, which is www.boundless.life. Um, all the information for our different locations and our cohorts and the prices are on the website. Um, you can also follow us on our social media channels. We're on all of them, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, I think we're also on TikTok now. Uh, great place to connect with us. And just we also regularly like share tips and resources and are really engaging with our, our community. So feel free to reach out in any one of those platforms. And uh, yeah, you'll get to learn more about us. Thanks so much, Rekha. Yeah, this I I'm excited for where your your communities are taking off. It definitely is a um, now that pe- homeschooling has become much more mainstream and people are trying to find how do I do this and how do I do this well. You know that world of schooling that um, that your your site talks a little bit about. I think I'm, I'm hearing more and more about that um, and that immersion. But how do we do that? And you're kind of giving people that opportunity to maybe try it out and. Um, and have those experiences in an environment that takes a lot of the guesswork out for them. Um, mm. And so I'm excited to see where that goes. And and um, just as you continue to build this, that's very exciting. And so is your family off again? Are you home for so long or where are you off to next? Yeah, next we'll be off to our Bali location. So oh, in December, right. yeah, we're going to head out to Bali, which is exciting. So I love Southeast Asia. Uh, so very excited to we spent our time in Europe, which I also now absolutely love, but excited <laughs> to take the family to a whole new continent. And yeah. who knows what my son will dress up as next year. You know? well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Balinese curry or something. I don't know. We'll <laughs> yeah, I have boys like that, too. If, if all food leads to good yeah. things, you know, for <laughs> exactly. them. So the problem is, is, you know, when holidays come along, it's like, can you cook us all of our favorite stuff, like all at once? Like, Damn. <laughs> so <laughs> but, funny. but yes, well, thank you for sharing your experiences with us, your family. And um, I'm just excited to hear where your homeschooling adventure goes. Um, got a lot of years ahead, which um, is exciting. I know it's daunting, but you're going to do amazing. Um, and uh, just keep up the good work in both home and um, in what you're doing for other homeschool families. Thanks, Peggy. I, I enjoyed the conversation as well. It was really nice. Absolutely. Well, we're going to continue this kind of um, same type of theme. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about how to put your child in charge of learning. And Leroy, um, 
Oh, and I'm forgetting his last name. He was, he's been on our show before, but um, his connection was really bad last time. And I said, you've got to have a better connection because the information that he has is just so amazing. And so um, you're definitely going to want to join us for that. He's been in education for a long time. And he actually trains educators on how to do differentiated education. So a lot of what Reka was talking about, um, maybe some of the tools and those types of things is what he, um, he is just gifted in. So, um, so you'll want to join us for that conversation, but definitely check out, um, Rika's website at boundless.life and, um, and check out our website. It's pethomeschool.com for all of your, um, needs for, um, homeschooling, special education, search our libraries, our, our YouTube channel has over a thousand videos, um, or just search our website and all the blogs and information we have there. So, um, thanks for all for being part of our, um, community. And um, we will see you um, same time, same place here next week. And until then, God bless everybody. We'll see you then. Bye. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.